Thank you for tuning in to the Radicards podcast on Radicards.com. I'm your host, Patrick Greeno, and today we have uh, Ryan Daly joining us, and uh, we will be talking about some current events in baseball. It's been a couple of, it's been a while since we've, we've gotten together and talked current events. About, yeah, two weeks, I think, just because of scheduling and traveling conflicts, unfortunately. Right. So we're going to go over kind of some of the highlights that have taken place over the last two weeks and uh just get right into it here first thing biggest news is the 2018 bowman chrome super fractor auto otani has finally been pulled but it was pulled on the same day that he was sent to the dl for rough for <laughs> uh a strain in his right ucl uh, yeah it's unconfirmed whether or not he will be uh, needing tommy john surgery yep uh, but it is, you know, it's still a significant card regardless. A lot of people give the uh, the owner a hard time because they say, you know, he's the unluckiest guy because he pulled the card right when Otani was sent down to the DL. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of cheap to, like, take a shot like that at the puller. Like, what a great card to own regardless of what happens. They're just jealous. Yeah, well, it, it, I think it comes down to that, right? Is like jealousy yeah, definitely is a jealous. big deal. It's a big deal. So really, that card is very significant and pulled in not the greatest of timing. You know, we can make that argument fine, uh, but still a fantastic card to own, man. And he's not sure what he's going to do with it. Uh, what he knows for certain, he's going to have it graded, BGS, and then he's going to consider the selling piece of it after, I guess, so... Kind of unfortunate that we have such a great two-role phenom who's being sent down to the DL with uh, some some elbow problems. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. I mean, not only for Angels fans, but just for the baseball world in general. I mean, he was so influential, and he was so dominant on the mound and behind the plate, and not to mention the hobby impact he had. I mean, his cards were just... Um, selling for record numbers and, and they were, he was causing these fairly normal tops products to just fly off the shelves at targets and Walmarts around the country. Gosh, yeah. And there were, everyone was just, was hunting for him. And it is, it's such an odd kind of dark coincidence that the super factor was pulled on the same day. <laughs> no kidding, right? But, uh, you know, it's, so I guess they're going to give him like stem cell treatment on his elbow and um, they're going to reevaluate him in three weeks. And so that was about a week ago. Mm -hmm. So I guess now we're talking, you know, two weeks time. But I think most people um, are are thinking Tommy John is, is more than likely, unfortunately. And you know what? Seriously, like May was a great month to watch Otani sales. I mean, I, yeah, had, I had a lot of fun watching this stuff. And I, I was never able to get my hands on any of the mega box stuff. But by the time that came out, I kind of didn't really care because all of the cards that are worth owning really came out of the Bowman Chrome hobby stuff. Yeah, definitely. So I wasn't really upset that I couldn't get my hands on any of the mega box stuff, but it was ardently pursued by collectors and flippers alike. Uh, a lot of money was turned at hands uh, last month for, for that stuff. And it's been a lot of fun covering those sales, uh, just seeing them kind of, really come up and you know if he gets tommy john it, it, he's going to be out until the 2020 season which means that his market value is going to go down very quickly 
So for those of us that you know want a nice piece, a nice card, uh, that that'll work in our favor because a lot of this stuff will be available at I think at least uh, partially more acceptable numbers. You know, we're not going to see five figures for autographs probably after that point. You know, you could probably get your hands on want the Bowman Chrome base auto for quite a bit less, somewhere in the three figure mark. I would assume. I don't know. I just it seems that that's seems like the trajectory that happens if players not playing, then they're not performing, which means that people aren't seeking out their cards in real time as it's happening because they're recovering. But right. the question is, you know, because he's a two-role player, he pitches and hits. The question is, because he pitches right and hits left, or bats left, uh, rather, his his pitching arm is not his dominant hitting arm. Which means he could hit, you know, he if what, what during recovery. But you know, I don't know if the Angels are even going to risk that having him out there recovering. Yeah, I mean, paying so much. I've for seen him. that idea. I've seen that idea floated around. Um, but I'd be really surprised, given how young players are babied in the in the major leagues these days. You know, they every injury, they're overly cautious about every everything. And I think it just seems kind of like against your ultimate goal to to give him this radical surgery and then throw him out there a couple months later and have him have him hit, regardless or not of whether or not his his right elbow is going to be impacted by him hitting. It's like, what if he's running the bases and he he takes a, a slip or you know anything can happen when you're out there playing baseball. And I, I think he's such a hot commodity. He's a huge investment. Um, I would just shut him down. If you have to give him TJ, just shut him down um, offensively as well. Yeah, so I'm right there with you. I, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that's like better, what are they, err on the, the, the side of caution, you know, like. Yeah, safe than sorry. I mean, it's, it's a simple thing to me, but I don't own a baseball team, so who knows? <laughs> right. I mean, if I were a manager, I'd be like, take a seat. Recover one hundred percent. Then when you come back, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll utilize both your talents again. Exactly. No yeah, take sense. your time. He's still young. He's what? He's twenty three. Yeah. So he he'll be fine. When he'll come back, he'll he'll be, you know, even more in his prime, physically speaking. Um, I I would just shut him down, which is really hard to say as an Angels fan. It was mm. so much fun watching him for those, right. you know, two months, two and a half months. Um. But I think it's it's a really harsh reality that you have to face with this guy. And they sort of knew that he was a little fragile when they first signed him. Um, he had some sort of elbow issue. There wasn't a whole lot of reporting on it, but it was known. And I think the team still sort of had faith in him. And obviously a lot of teams were pursuing him. So um, it's yeah, it's a bummer. And I, I'm really curious to see what happens with the card sales because um, he's such a unique player. Right. And it's sort of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to to get his rookie cards. Right. And um, But I think you're right. I think it'll, they'll, they'll drop, but they won't drop to a super affordable level. But they might drop to, like you said, like a three-figure kind of mark for his base auto. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, I mean, those red refractor 
autos, you know, number to five, those are probably still going to command serious numbers, but they were selling thirty and thirty-five thousand dollars. I don't know if that if we're going to see those high, you know, five figures again for mm. any of this stuff. But who knows what will happen? I just know that he's he has markets all over the world. He's you know he's desirable in different markets, and so yeah, that that's going to help draw figures regardless of how healthy he is. Um, yeah, that's that's another thing that you have to consider is that a lot of the the pot or the the prospects that we talk about on this podcast are really only pursued by people in the Western market, um, specifically the United States. Mm. And since Otani is such a global figure, I mean, the collectors in Japan, I have no idea what's going through their mind, whether or not they care if he's hurt. I think he's, he's like the Elvis of Japan right now. And I don't, I don't really know if they, if they care that he's going to be sidelined for, you know, a year and a half. Um, they might still continue to buy his cards at a premium, but you're right. It's, it's a global market for him. Unlike some of the other prospects we're seeing right now. Right. And, you know, I'd like to grab some, you know, low serial numbered parallel of his at some point. And I, 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 I typically impatient enough to wait out the buzz and the spike, you know, until the market is maybe focused their attention elsewhere for some reason or another, where it be the Tommy John surgery or an up and coming prospect you know, et cetera. Uh, so I'd like to eventually get my hands on something of his because uh, presently I, I, I don't own anything of his right now. And there's so many great pieces out there through the different products that have been released. So anyway, uh, sad news for him, but we definitely look forward to his recovery and, um, you know, hope that he can uh, see a fast recovery, but a, a very necessarily timed one, like don't rush it, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. really cool that the the super fractor was pulled. Uh, regardless of what happens, what a great card to have, you know, just a fantastic card to own. The Otani twenty eighteen Bowman Chrome super fractor was pulled, you know, months in, right? Like weeks and weeks and weeks went by, and nothing, and all of a sudden we get it, and it's the DL. But yeah. so Bowman had been out for a long time, but when two thousand eighteen Finest came out, it wasn't twenty four hours that had passed after release date that the Super Fractor Auto Otani card from that product was pulled and then listed on eBay for 60K and was eventually, I think, sold for 45000 I'd have to double-check the numbers, but it's no longer available. It didn't last very long. Right, yeah. So whatever the case is that, that you know, some argue like, well, that drops the SRP of that product. Well, yeah, I get that, but he's got three Super Fractors in that product, three. He's got the Super Fractor with the auto, the Super Fractor within, without the auto. He's got this, um, uh, the finest first insert set. He's got a Super Fractor in that. And so, and they've all been pulled and, and, and found or sold already. So um, it hasn't been that long since Finest has been out in the biggest no. three cards and the set have already been sold and, the, you know, they're accounted for. Um, and so really interesting stuff that that happened. Like we waited so long for the Bowman Chrome Auto, and that product was opened, like, rigorously by the, by the collective oh, community. Yeah. It was opened crazily. And looking on eBay, there's, like, you can buy bricks of the Otani base card from Bowman Prospects, bricks of them, like, for, you know, whatever cost. You know, like, people are selling lots of sets, and there's, like, just so much floating around the market and no Super Fractor, and all of a sudden it's pulled. 
but it took so long. And then we have this other product that comes out in less than 24 hours, Super Factors Pulled. It's just like really extreme to me. You know, it is extreme. It's extreme. And, you know, the finest is so much more expensive of a product. I mean, the the Bowman and the Bowman Chrome are so much more accessible. They're mm -hmm. sold at Target. They're sold at Walmart, right. your local hobby shop, et cetera. And like you said, people were just ripping through those packs ravenously looking for the Otani stuff. And it took so long and it took so much product being sold. And uh, 2018 Finest comes out and there you go. So It's crazy. It's, it's very odd. It's very and, odd. Yeah, it is odd. But. I mean, it's an interesting like set of circumstances. We have this. The Bowman Crump's pulled the day he sent a DL. Finest comes out less than 24 hours. The Super Fractor's pulled. Boom. It's so yeah. weird to me to think that these like, extreme circumstances are taking place. <laughs> Finest is a great-looking product, though. I, I, I like the design. I'm... I won't buy any of it, but I think it's a great product. I mean, I, I like the design. It's the, the refractors look nice. The super refractors are amazing, as always. Just a good-looking product. So, anyway, moving on. You wanted to talk about Miles Mikolas. Yeah, so Miles Mikolas is sort of an interesting cat right now. He's um, maybe not the ace for the Cardinals, but he's he's definitely like top two or three pitchers for the St. Louis Cardinals right now. And he sort of has a Japanese connection in, in that he was drafted several years ago, I think, by the Padres. And for whatever reason, he couldn't get it together. And he ended up playing in Japan, like a lot of guys do from, from the States. Um, but what doesn't happen usually is that they don't come back from Japan to play in the MLB. They usually stay in Japan and they retire and that's it. And so he's one of those rare cases where he came back and he's had a lot of success. Um, I think he's like seven and two right now. I mean, he, his whip is under one, which is insane. Um, you talk about guys with whips under one, like Pedro Martinez. He used to do that on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, Obviously, a great comparison to have if you're being compared to Pedro Martinez. Yeah. Um, and from a hobby standpoint, it's really interesting because when he was first drafted, he'd had no, he didn't have enough traction to even be on like a, a Bowman Prospect kind of pro uh, product. So he re he really has no cards out there, except for these odd like Japanese cards. Um, and uh, the tops now and the tops living kind of product have featured him but it's hard to find him anywhere else and it's it's kind of surprising to see for such a dominant player at this point in the season he's not really featured a whole lot in the hobby mm. so i don't really know what you would buy if you want to invest in miles mikolas um, but he's got a really bright future he's older than most you know quote-unquote rookies but he's probably going to have several years of success ahead of him yeah, so that's interesting because we'll be talking about Derek Rodriguez here later on, and uh, he is also found in very little product, but he just came up with the San Francisco Giants as a pitcher, who is Ivan Rodriguez's yeah. son. Um, mm -hmm. There have been other Derek Rodriguez's, so um, make sure to look for the spelling when you're looking for the actual one who's Ivan Rodriguez's son. Yes, please be careful because when I first Googled him, I found another Derek Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, you know, there was a guy online that was selling the super fractor of Derek Rodriguez, but the other Derek Rodriguez, and I thought yeah, he timed it correctly. 
So he's like, you know, hoping that someone would slip up and like, oh, yeah, I got Derek Rodriguez. Super. Like, like wrong Derek, dude. Sorry. But he's yeah. he's also not Derek. found in anything. He's He doesn't have any Bowman anything. He's got some like Panini elite stuff from like years ago. Right. Right. But he's not in anything. But we'll 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 get to that uh later. But um you know with Miles, I, I haven't really followed him at all. And it's it's nice to hear that there are these like kind of random players that are performing performing exceedingly well in the hobby. And there's so many guys every year that are up and comers, you know, and they, they have a spike in performance to talk about like, oh, mm. is this gonna be a long term thing? So hopefully we'll be able to see him uh, highlighted in some product, you know, throughout the year or, you know, in the coming years. And, you know, we'll, 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 we'll hear more discussion around him. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to sort of see, um, how tops handles it because as far as I know, they haven't released an official RC card with the RC emblem on it, Right. but he's 29. He's, he's played in the majors before very limited. So he hasn't really like qualified for the rookie, um, status. So this would be his rookie year officially. And I'm just curious to see how they handle that because he is a, he's a popular player, at least amongst the, amongst the, uh, St. Louis fan base. And, you know, he's got a shutout. He's like I said, his whip is under one, which is pretty insane. Right. And I mean, everything's looking up for this guy. So I, I hope that that tops is able to feature feature miles a little more on their products yeah i mean if he plays like you know you know he's a regular play throughout the year or next year whatever i mean it's, it's almost a certainty we'll see him in other products but i hope so ronald acuna is another prospect that you know if you're listening and you're probably aware of he has been his his cards have been selling exceedingly well in the market over the last well all this year really um, and, and late last year, he was in 2017 Bowman Chrome. You can find some autos in there of him, pre-rookie year stuff. All very expensive. So he's very expensive. Very expensive. So he's another guy who's who's uh, really come along. He's come along and 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 really driven some hobby excitement. Uh, plays for the Atlanta Braves, and he actually got injured. <laughs> So he's injured and Otani's injured. It's just like really upsetting, but yeah, two of the biggest prospects. I mean, yeah, it's it's really bad, and especially because the Braves, as a team, they're such a young team, and they're they're sort of overachieving at this point in the season. Um, I don't know the standings in the in the NL East off the top of my head, but I think they're in first, maybe second. Mm-hmm. They're doing really well, and it, it really sucks to see. Um, Acuna, you know, go down like that. And I, I watched the video a few times of his injury to right. not look good. So the, for those of you who don't know, what happened was his left leg caught after running past first and he hyperextended his knee and fell and hurt his back. I mean, the fall wasn't nearly as bad looking as the knee torque. Cause you can yeah. slow-mo see that knee torque out like that. And it's just, it's not good. Ugh. Very unpleasant. The knee is a very fragile joint. And you have to do everything you can to finesse the like quality of your knee in every way you can to ensure that it can it ensures longevity because the knee is like something that's under impact like every day. And so yep. really upsetting to see that. I hope he recovers quickly. But my question is how is this gonna affect card sales? You know? 
I don't know. He, okay. So the knee thing to me, and I, I'm not a, I'm not a physician. I don't claim to be, but um, the question is, will the knee recovery take longer or or around the same time or less the amount of time as a Tommy John recovery? See, to me, I feel like it's going to be a lot less time. But then again, I, I don't I don't study medicine. <laughs> I would say it's good. It's it's definitely going to take less time. However, like I said, the the Braves are a young team, right? And I think it would behoove them to to be very overly cautious with this player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's a future sort of franchise player, and um, just because they're they happen to be overachieving now in the month of June, um, I wouldn't try and rush him back into the fold. Um, just because, like you said, the knee is a very sensitive part of your body, and mm-hmm. You know, you want to you want to let that heal, um, and I I really don't think the Braves' management was expecting the success that they're having right now. Mm. So, you know, I would just be cautious with this guy because, like I said, he's going to be a future star for the team, and if you rush him back out, and he you know irritates the knee again, who knows? Right. It's, uh, well, it's like that, you know, the Otani, you don't bring him back until he's 100% recovered. Same with Acuna. Right. You know, you don't bring Acuna back until he's 100% recovered. I would, you know, as a manager, I would do the same thing. as like, go take a seat, you know, relax, recover 100% so we can use you, you know, in the future instead of potentially compromising your future with us by forcing this to um, to to recover quicker. So... I'm all right. about I'm all about the take downtime when you when you think uh, just you know it's better to have the downtime and not need it than to need it and not have it you know it's that old thing um, and so I'm all about the 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 Braves making a decision to put him out until he's 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 reco- he's he's fully recovered. I hope they do that. The last I read was that they um, they had not assigned him to a rehab assignment. AKA they hadn't assigned him to a stint in the minors to sort of get his groove back. Mm-hmm. So that to me is a sign that they're being cautious and they're still letting him heal and they're not letting him on the field either in the majors or in the minors. Right. So that's a good sign. I think I hope they're going to be cautious and uh, hope to see him back maybe after all-star break later in the summer at some point. Yeah, and you know, I, I hope that this doesn't put too much of a damper on his card sales because man, there's just so many there's some really nice pieces that have surfaced over the last couple of months. Um you know, it's just a testament to like people people's excitement to the product, how much is being opened and being yep. listed and being available. So I've just seen so many cool pieces. Oh yeah. Super Fractor, Super Fractor Auto is one of one platinums. I mean just really cool stuff. So hopefully the market's, you know, still interested in you know, uh, responding to, uh, some of these listings in a, um, uh, in an, an ambitious way. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think, I, I hope that he is, um, turns into a great, you know, player for the, the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. I mean, the hobby needs players like this, like Otani and Acuna. I mean, these are guys that really just get the new products, um, flying off the shelves mm-hmm. that's we need guys like this and totally we, i know both 
you and I, we've gone through periods where these sort of players haven't really existed. And the, the idea of going and spending your money on wax is just, it's, it's hard to sort of wrap your head around because there's nobody in the products that you want to, you want to pull. Right. But it's, I mean, I, I definitely went to my local target looking for, for stuff to pull Otani. Um, and it was fun and that you need players like Acuna and, and Otani, Otani to, uh, to drive the interest in the new products. And so I, I hope that he heals and I hope that the, the hobby interest stays at a peak because it's really fun to watch right now. Totally. And speaking of guys that are fun to watch, our next guy, Walker Bueller, uh, he's just, the 2018 is his first year with the Dodgers. He's a pitcher. And um, he's being compared to guys like uh, Tim Lincecum. Yeah. Um, and so he's very dominant. You know, eight strikeouts, no walks in his performance against the Padres. And he has a productive arsenal uh, with four different pitches. So he, he's, you know, he has, that's, that's a lot to play around with. I mean, I, there are guys in the 60s that just went off of one pitch. You know, they spent yeah. their whole career mastering one pitch. And that's fine if you like to put all your eggs in one basket. But if you can master a couple of pitches, I think you become much more lethal mm-hmm. as a pitcher. So um, as his performance has... Um, transpired this this season it's translated into uh his market value for his cards his 2018 bowman chrome superfractor auto uh was sold on on may 17th for four thousand four thousand dollars that was um an accepted offer the actual listing it's just a it's a strong sale i mean four grand is i'm getting up there that's a big that's a big sale so uh, you know you live in Los Angeles, so you you have the chance to watch this guy if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I so I haven't seen him in person yet. It's certainly on my list to go see him mm-hmm. uh, at Dodger Stadium. I think that he his debut could not have come at a better time for the Dodgers, who had a really um, rough start to the season, mm-hmm. considering their payroll and their talent level. Kershaw has been on the DL twice now, um, which is not good. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, so it's it's awesome to see this guy come out and just sort of carry the team whenever he's on the mound. Um, I know he's sort of been in talks as being like their top prospect in the farm system. And, um, you know, it's fun to see, especially considering the Dodgers have, have a lot of other fun young talent. Uh Cody Bellinger, Corey Seegers of the world, um, Jock Peterson, um, Justin Turner, all those guys, they're all young in their careers. Um, so I, I hope that Walker Buehler can, you know, stay in the rotation and, and stay in through the rest of the season, because despite the, the Dodgers rough start, I'm sure they're going to, they'll have a hot streak at some point and they'll, mm. they'll win the, the NL West. Um, they're just too talented not to. Wow, so, making predictions. It'll be fun to see. It'll be fun to see Walker Buehler uh, in the in the postseason. Hopefully. Yeah, you know, I I uh, I haven't really been following too too much of this gentleman, but I was you know doing some a little bit of research on some of the hot fellas, and this guy's Bowman Chrome stuff does pretty well right now. 
uh, it's it's uh, it's selling very well. I'm sure it does. And so I I uh, sort of take note of that. I mean, it's nice to see guys being compared to guys like Tim Lincecum because I always watched Tim, you know, back in 2010, and I always thought that his pitching style was very unique. And so it's cool to to see some of the young guys being compared to to, to a guy like Tim Lincecum, who's had a very productive career in his his time and has managed to still stay pretty healthy. Um, so good stuff. I'm glad we got to talk about Walker Bueller. I think he's one of those guys who's up and coming, and um, we'll, it'll be interesting to see how he uh, pans out over the this year and next year and in, in, in his career. Um, speaking of new guys that are coming up, you know, we talked about this earlier in the podcast. Uh, Derek Rodriguez, Ivan Rodriguez's son, got called up to the San Francisco Giants. And he was originally an outfielder, but converted to a pitcher in 2013. He has very few cards, licensed cards to his name. He's like I said, he's he's got a Panini Elite card with a parallel, but it's just there's not a lot for him presently. So if he performs, you know, we're hoping to see more card options for the collectors. Um, and he he earned his first win and first his first career start. That's very significant. Yeah, that's awesome. Totally. So he's only 26. And his name is spelled D-E-R-E-C-K, just in case you're curious. Mm. Uh, so don't get caught off guard if you see another Derek Rodriguez superfractor or something online. It's a different spelling. It's a different guy. Um, but it's kind of cool to see Ivan Rodriguez's son come up in professional baseball. A lot of the guys I grew up, you know, collecting, their kids are now professionals. Like a lot. It's just cool to see that. Yeah, I mean... There's a couple just off the top of my head. I'm sure there's more, but obviously Vlad Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Gwynn Dante Jr. Bichette's, Dante Bichette. You're right, Bo Bichette. Tony Gwynn Jr. Dante Bichette's uh, son, Bo Bichette, right. I think is AAA level. Um, so I'm kind of surprised to see that Derek Rodriguez didn't get more hobby love, just considering that his dad is a Hall of Famer. Um. Maybe his his scouting report wasn't very strong um, when he was younger, but well, he's in the bigs now, so I guess he has to make a name for himself on his own. Yeah, and Raul Mondesi has a son now who's a professional. Oh, that's right. <laughs> really cool to see all these guys that I collected growing up, and our kids are now you know, taking the are they taking the batons and carrying forward really, really cool stuff. And, you know, some of them play better than others, you know, and it's it's kind of cool to see uh, this kind of transition into the new crop of guys, a new generation of fellas. So that's fun. Yeah. I hope he does well, and, you know, maybe we'll see some cool cards of him in, 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 in the future. You know, to close it out tonight, we're going to be talking about some birthdays. Fun. May was a great month for birthdays. Now, I can't. You know, we're not going to talk about every single birthday. That's a lot of birthdays. But we'll talk about five specific birthdays. How about that? That's a good number, five. Five works for me. Five works. Bartolo Colon turns 45, <laughs> or turned 45 on uh, May May 24th. Man, Ooh, he's still pitching. He's still freaking pitching, this guy. He came up in 95 with the Cleveland Indians, and his 95 Bowman's Best Refractor was the card to get. I think still is. Among his rookie cards, that's the one to have. Um, he was, you know, quite a bit, his physique was more, uh, (laughs) limber back then. He's a little portly now, but he's fun. He's like like a good dude. People love Bartolo Colon. He's just a good dude. And I'm glad that we still get to enjoy 
him uh, on on the mound. He's just a really fun fella. So he's 45. And happy birthday, Bartolo Colon. Uh, he, he's got a. So last time we talked about um, the oldest pitcher. Oh yeah. Well, the oldest pitcher is was Satchel Paige. Was Satchel Paige, sure. Right. But if you want to if you don't count that last like game he played in, if you want to like end it, he was actually ended like the the, the you know, when he was in his what the fifties or whatever. His, yeah, his last 50s. full run season, he was actually younger than Jamie Moyer was when Jamie Moyer retired. Right. And Jamie Moyer put in more in, in his last season than, than Satchel did where he hung it up in the 60s. And Jamie was 49, right? Isn't that what we said in the last podcast? Well, I can just put pull this up right now. Let me check. It's funny. I remember thinking about this back when he was playing uh, back in, like, toward the end of his career. I was like, man, that guy is still pitching. And he finished his career when he was 49. 49. And, you know, he played, he played 10 games, whereas Satchel Page. He actually, his okay. He was forty six and fifty three when he logged fifty seven games, right? So that's like a pretty good chunk of a season. But he played yeah. he played one game in sixty five at fifty eight. So you could say you could argue that oh, you like okay, like he's technically the oldest fella to play, like to fifty eight. But do, yeah, you, cons- but... do you consider the one game like does that count? I mean, he did pitch. I think an entire season is what really set you apart. You so know? if you want to look at that, then Jamie Moyer actually put in, logged in a more aggressive last season than Satchel Page by a oh. small margin of nine more games. But still. Definitely. And he holds the record for uh, home runs and hits allowed at <laughs> 522. Holds the league record. Like he's like oh, ever, anybody. <laughs> so yeah, he played till he's 49, Mr. Jamie Moyer. Well, if Bartolo can make it another four years, I'd be very happy. He's fun to watch. He's he's sort of been getting lit up recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if there's always going to be a small market, low budget team with a need for pitching. And if Bartolo is not looking for a lot of money, he might be able to make it to 49. I don't really know. But, I, hope, I hope he plays until he can't I, play anymore physically. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> it's, it's 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 great to see a guy that, that's pursuing longevity to that capacity. He's made his money. Oh yeah, he's I just mean, playing because he loves it. Yeah, and, and so it's like, but he's he's been shuffled around a lot. Like, he's oh, been a lot of teams. He um, probably he's probably up there with the record for for most teams played for, which I don't know the record, but Matt, <clears throat> I would Matt, guess Cologne. Matt Stairs holds that record. Oh, really? I thought it was Rex Hudler, but Matt Stairs Matt is the... Matt Stairs uh, holds the record of most teams played for. In fact, I knew a guy in L.A. who went to high school with Matt Stairs. He, like, used to know him. And uh, when he was on the Montreal Expos, this, Expos, this is a funny story. <laughs> the team or somebody said, you should get bigger. Like, you know, build up, build out, <laughs> fill out. And my buddy was saying that Matt Stairs, what he did, he took that as, okay, I need to gain weight. So he went to McDonald's for like every day until he gained the weight he needed. So he just became fat. Nice. <laughs> but Matt Stairs has been <laughs> shuffled around a lot of teams. And he played till he was 43 and retired in 2011. I remember when he came up in 92, that was like, you know, he was like one of the big prospects. He and like Pat Kelly and like yeah, some of these other guys that were, you know, they kind of faded out into obscurity later in their careers. But 
I think Phil Plantier was in 91. He was one of those other guys that was coming up with Todd Van Poppel. And um, gosh, there were so many guys in that 91, 92 scene. Um, but Matt Stairs is the, the record holder. And, you know, I don't really care if guys get shuffled around as long as they're, like, entertaining, like they're producing results for a team. Like, that's what's most important. And all this other side jargon is just fun entertainment value stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, Bartolo Colon, happy birthday. You're 45, and I hope that you're able to pitch and play in a major league level for a lot longer. He's up for free agency next year, though, so hopefully he can find a team yes, in 2019. Uh, moving on, 526, May 26, Travis Lee, huge phenom prospect from 1997, turns 43. And he actually, um, gosh, I remember 97 going to a card show, and his Bowman and Bowman Chrome cards were like, the cards to have, right? They were, mm. they were huge cards, and I ended up getting a, a, a raw, just standard 97 Bowman card of his and being really happy to have it. And uh, just knowing the, the the hobby was just going crazy for Travis Lee's stuff. He had a couple of okay years. I think his, his stat is that he was the first person to hit a home run for the Arizona Diamondbacks. The first person? Yeah. Oh, that's that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. So he um he came up with the Arizona Diamondbacks and got shuffled around toward it later in his career with the Phillies and he spent some time with the Devil Rays and the Yankees. Um but his I think his most productive years were with the uh Arizona Diamondbacks when he was coming up. He only played for 9 years and retired when he was 31. And uh now he's to my understanding is just a uh, He's a dad, and he enjoys it. Just so, a normal guy. Yeah, but you know he's that's really you know he's he's a guy I I collected a little bit before I left the hobby in '98. Oh and when yeah. I got back in, I was like, oh, I'll see what the Travis Lee market's like, and it's like non-existent. So it's like, but I'm not gonna PC hit Lee stuff. I just think it's it's kind of interesting to see how the, like how how scouting has changed. You know, it's much more analytics based now, and it wasn't in '97, at least not to the degree it is today. And so, you know, who's to say he would have been scouted in today's market? I don't know. I mean, these are just some questions I think about from time to time. But cool stuff. He is 43 as of last month on the 26th. The following day on May 27th, Frank Thomas and Jeff Bagwell turned 50. They were born on the same day. They are the same age, and they had very Im impressive careers, and they're both Hall of Famers. Really, That's awesome. really cool stuff. I did not know they were both born on the same day. Isn't That's that cool. rad. And they both played in the same era of players, right? Yes. They were both extremely dominant players Very in the dominant. same era. Very dominant. Bagwell is a career astro. You know, he's one of those guys that stayed with the whole team, the team his whole career. And I just always am impressed by that. Like Cal Ripken, Tony Gwynn. Um, there are a lot of guys that stayed with these, you know, the, the, like the career Ten years with these with with these teams, and so yeah, really cool. The big hurt and Jeff Bagwell both turned fifty on May twenty seventh. Happy birthday to both of them. On May twenty eighth, Craig Kimbrell turned thirty. Craig Kimbrell, man, what a guy! He's got this like really unique wind up, you know. But he's dominant. Yeah, he's dominant. So can't give the guy a hard time. He's he's a closer. He's he's sort of a classic sort of intimidating guy. You know, I, I think that's what the whole windup is about. He's trying to get in your head. 
right in the ninth inning. Yeah. So, but he's um, he's very decorated as a pitcher, and he's only been doing yeah. this for nine years. I mean, he's six-time All Star already. So that's 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 incredible. It's just incredible. Thirty years old. I think in in the closer role, if you're thirty, you could probably go another six, seven years. So. Right, because they're not overused. They're just at the tail end of the games. Right. I I like the concept of the closer, and I didn't really become familiar or or fond of it until Mariano Rivera, and then again and then again with Brian Wilson. You know, like just very entertaining position to watch. Of all the pitching, the closer is the most entertaining to me. Just to me, in my opinion, I just prefer to watch that end of the game. Like, all right, guys, we've made it eight innings. Let's close this out done bring in bring in the lethal pitcher that just can dominate and i just really think that that's a very cool scenario of like the secret weapon bring him out when you need him and just use him for that short time be done with it right. yeah it's, it's fun i think we haven't really seen anybody like um a mariano until now we have a role chapman oh yeah he's great and craig kimbrell's not quite at the chapman level but he's he's definitely dominant um but, yeah, I think back to the Marianos of the world and the uh, Trevor Hoffmans of the world. You know, these guys just sort of had this, like, cult of personality around them. They were just, like, just these monsters. Like, once they're in the game, you know if you're the opposing team, you have no chance. It's over. And you might as well just turn the TV off because there's <laughs> nothing's going to happen. So, yeah, happy birthday, Craig Kimbrell. I hope you can keep saving those games for several more years gosh yeah you know and and who knows maybe hall of fame down the line i mean if he stays healthy and continues to be productive this is the yeah. kind of stuff i like to I, I like to think about you know like guys that i'm watching now or reading about oh, now yes become hall of fames i mean in the 90s we were packed to the brim with hall of fame talent i mean it just i it's 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 i think about that sometimes like man 80s and 90s just we had so much talent in that time just every team had incredible talent and now we seem to have a lot of talent, but then we seem to have guys that the longevity is 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 difficult to to maintain over the course of time. Now we still have a lot of great talented hitters and pitchers right now that are Hall of Fame bound. I mean, certainty if if we stay healthy and continue to produce at the elite level that they are. Um, but I just think back on those like two decades and like thinking about all those guys that ev- that all just eventually made it in. And, you know, all the guys that grew up collecting, like a good chunk of them made it into the Hall of Fame. So it's fun to watch that. And I hope that Craig can continue being dominant in his career um, and, and continues to produce as a very effective closer. So happy 30th birthday to Craig Campbell. Good stuff, man. Uh, do you have any final thoughts, Mr. Ryan Daly? No final thoughts. I guess just uh, get well soon, Mr. Acuna oh, and... Man. Definitely get well soon, Mr. Otani. Jeez, yes, uh, please. You know. <laughs> I, I think when, when, when guys get hurt that are highly collected, highly collectible, and they go away for a time to recover, it hurts the hobby. That's why it's total yeah. bummer for me. It's like I obviously want them to be healthy just for them to be healthy, but I also want them to be healthy because it's helpful for the hobby for them to be healthy. Yes, And maybe definitely. I'm being selfish by saying that, but at the same time, you know, the hobby needs them just like the sport needs them, you know, like we need yes. them to remain healthy for more than just, you know, they, 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 their health impacts of other markets. And yep. so I, I want to see the, the both of them become uh, 100% sooner than later. 
Yeah, well, the, like the Otani craze, I haven't felt that kind of craze since the Strasburg era. Right. And not even like the Trout Harper era was definitely insane for the hobby. But the Strasburg stuff sort of transcended a lot of craziness that happens in the hobby. Mm. And uh, I, I think the Otani stuff that we've witnessed this year um, is is comparable to the Strasburg stuff. Oh, absolutely. And it's so exciting. And it's sort of a bummer that it only seems to happen about once every 10 years. That's right. Um, but, you know, that's just sort of how it is. It's, it takes these sort of special talents to to drive that kind of market. And, um, yeah, get well soon, buddy. <laughs> Seriously, right? If you're listening. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, please, uh, you know, have a Please hurry up and get well. I don't know what it's going to take, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up. But you know, I think about the like the like um celebrated like super build up crazy buzz player prospect marketing that took place with Strasburg and then took place again, you know, eight years later with Otani. Uh these these things are are highly um I guess touted at this level, you know, because they're so rare, right? Like before Otani, like you were saying, I I too hadn't experienced anything like this before, and you know, since Steven Strasburg, there have been every year. There's always a guy, you know. Last year was Judge and Bellinger, but it took, you know, some time for them to like, oh my gosh, it's Judge and Bellinger. There wasn't like years of buildup. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah. so it's like Mike Trout too. There weren't years of buildup, and then oh my gosh, Mike Trout developed. And it became amazing like a year in, but people are like, so people are buying and tr transacting for his rookie cards. It's just these nominal values back then in 2011. Yeah. So Well, Strasburg and Otani, their their stuff was selling before they were even proven talents. Right, right. Uh, and, and I mean, granted, the Strasburg Superfractor was pulled at a much better time a month before he makes the Major League debut. Yeah, whereas, it's a great time. <laughs> whereas the Otani Super was pulled way late, like, well into his first year and sadly on the day he gets sent down to the DL. But right. So I, I will say the Strasburg marketing for the Superfractor was much more significant because there's it was pulled and found and marketed and you know they're discussed on the, the blogosphere and everything else. Um mm -hmm. but the Bowman Chrome Superfractor Otani, nobody had an image of it until you know June eighth. And so you know, mm -hmm. we had we had weeks and weeks of no superfractor blog, and we talked about like the bounty from blowout cards and increase the bounty number, and you know, but it's just a different different set of circumstances. But um, certainly, sales were have been incredible on other uh, his other pieces, and so. But yeah, to the yeah, to, to yeah. going back to it, the the Strasburg craze was the last time I remember it being this hyped. And, mm -hmm. and he had a similar set of circumstances happen that, you know, he pitched a few games and then he gets Tommy John surgery. It's not dissimilar from Otani. Right. That's true. It's crazy to think about, actually. Yeah. But, um, anyway, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Ryan, for joining us in this podcast, the Radicards podcast at Radicards.com. Mm -hmm. And thank you for listening. And until next time, enjoy collecting. If you like this content, please subscribe. Thank you. Enjoy collecting. <laughs>